sospetto. Hello, I'm your host, John Sayers, and I am the angry tenor. I sang for more than 30 years in opera houses from Copenhagen to Munich, from New York to San Diego. I have worked with many well-known singers, stage directors, and conductors. After I retired from singing, I spent 10 years editing and writing The East Sider, an arts and entertainment newspaper in South Florida. I also created, produced, and presented The Opera Minute for NPR on the Treasure Coast. Well, I suppose that brings me around to saying, what am I angry about today? Well, I am angry about... There is a story that came down here, oh, a few weeks ago, I guess perhaps longer ago than that, where Angela Giorgiu, the Romanian soprano, was singing the role in Puccini's Tosca in a rather star-filled performance at the Vienna State Opera, and she conspicuously missed her entrance in the third act. That's the one where after the tenor sings about uh, all of the things that he's going to miss, and she runs in to tell him she has killed Scarpia, and she has a note here giving them free passage. It's a very uplifting moment. The, the music comes from the very solemn part of the A Luce Vanne Stella into this joyous, joyous moment where she thinks that they're going to get away with all of this. And uh, they break into a rather uh, glorious uh, moment of duet, and then she sings an aria. Well, she missed the entrance. She missed the entrance. Now, this I don't understand. She's an extremely high-paid singer. She is, for her vocal abilities, extremely popular. There was an audience in the Vienna State Opera that seats right around 23, 2400 people. I'm sure it was packed. But in addition to that, you have your colleague out there on stage in front of this audience who has just finished this very very moving aria and you miss your entrance and you leave him sitting or standing whatever he was doing out there on stage he didn't know what to do so he sort of sang to some of the music that was playing in the orchestra he sang non abbiamo il soprano which means we don't have a soprano uh, i guess he made it sound a little puccini like but then the music had to stop because there was no place there was no place they could go. There, were, there was just silence there. And uh, he looked around at the audience and he just sort of said, well, you know, we don't have an, a soprano. We are waiting for our soprano. She eventually showed up and the opera did go on. But I question, I question, I question the character involved in someone who would do something like this. I guess the backstory is that um, Kaufman, who is perhaps one of the leading tenors right at the moment, the German, uh, has been singing uh, all over the place and, and getting fantastic reviews for it. Uh, I've seen him sing several times, and I've just been never been so impressed with a singer as I have been with Kaufman from the first time I heard him. And evidently, during this particular run, which was probably not more than a couple of weeks, 
When he came to this aria, the enthusiasm from the audience was so great that he sang an encore. And that's rarely ever done with this opera because the music does go on. It doesn't actually come to a stop. And there really isn't a place for an encore. But it happens. You get big singers um, singing this like Domingo and uh, Mario Del Monaco and other singers of that caliber singing this. And, and you're going to have audience reaction to this aria. It's as simple as that. And so he did what is rarely ever done. He sang an encore. And Miss Georgiou, I guess, uh, is not very happy with things like that. She disapproves. I guess her way of showing this was, well, I don't know. But at any rate, this happened, and she had to wait, of course, in the wings before going on stage. And then a few nights before, he did it again. And I guess that makes her made her, it must have made her very unhappy. We don't have any real input from her. But on this particular night, he did not. Now, on the previous one, she went back to her dressing room. And she said, wasn't going to stand in the wings and wait while he sang this aria that takes about three and a half minutes. So she went back to her dressing room. And then, whether she did it deliberately or whether she got lost in thought, uh, lost in anger, lost in, I don't know, what she got lost in, but she got lost and didn't make it on stage. And so after singing his little uh, We Don't Have a Soprano, he did ask the audience in German to please excuse them. Then the opera began again with the music and Miss Giorgio then appeared and the opera went to the end. Now I guess, I don't know. I, I was in this business for more than 30 years and I met an awful lot of people with varying degrees of ego. Uh, after all, you, you can't be in this business unless you have a certain amount of ego. That's just all there is to it. But I have never, never seen a cast member miss an entrance deliberately or even non-deliberately. It just doesn't happen. I sang a lot in St. Gallen in Switzerland. And this theater down here has an elevator that goes upstairs, one flight up, to where the dressing rooms are. And in all the times I sang there, I have never known one single singer to ever take that elevator. They always took the stairs. Why? Because they didn't want to get caught in the elevator when it was time for them to make their entrance. So I guess, I don't know, the agent for for uh, Georgiou said uh, uh, it was just confusion because she was waiting for him to do an encore. She was late for her entrance when there was no applause after his aria. But Georgiou has been accused of prima donna behavior in the past. Uh, she once um, objected to wearing a blonde wig while singing the part of Michaela in the Zeffirelli production of Bizet's Carmen during a Metropolitan Opera Tour of Japan. And Joseph Volpe, who was the company general manager then, told her, the wig goes on with or without you. 
Well, in the next performance, the wig went on without her. But in the following performances, she and the wig both appeared together. But this, this is really, well, this is really kind of a thing that just doesn't happen. baritone friend this is years ago now and uh, he was sitting at home watching television one evening around 7 o'clock when the phone rang and he picked it up and it was the theater where, saying where are you you are singing tonight and the curtain goes up in half an hour and he says, no, no, I'm not singing tonight. I'm singing tomorrow night. And the theater says, well, beg to differ with you. You are singing tonight. So what's what? Well, he was 200 kilometers away from the theater. There was no way he was going to make that in half an hour. So they canceled the performance. They gave all of the money back to the ticket holders. And he had to reimburse the theater for all that money that they had to return. As I recall at the time, it was somewhere in the vicinity of 60,000 Deutschmarks. That's not a small amount of money. That's a nice little piece of change. But I'm sure he kept closer control over his calendar after that. I know I always kept a triple calendar. Um, I didn't trust writing it down once. I didn't trust writing it down twice. So I wrote it down three times, three different places, three different ways to find out, for me to find out, to me to keep track of my schedule. I wasn't prepared to pay 60,000 Deutschmarks for not singing. The only other incident I can think of of, of of a singer not showing up happened with a production of Lohengrin. It was, it was in Germany, and it was a, a, a monstrous snowfall. Uh, it was one of the worst snowstorms to have hit Germany in decades. And the mezzo who was singing Ortrud had been singing in another theater 
that was approximately a normal drive four or five hours. Nah, maybe not even that. Maybe maybe three, three and a half. So she started out, despite the fact that it had, had been snowing all morning, about one o'clock to make the trip for the Lohengrin performance that evening. Well, needless to say, she didn't make it. The snow just kept coming. The Autobahn became a mess of car accidents and snow piling up so deep you couldn't get through and ice and just traffic going crazy all over the place. And in the end, she did not show up. We knew she wasn't coming because at some point she did stop at a rest stop and said, I'm not going to make it. So when time came to start the performance, we said nothing. We started the performance. Ortrude doesn't have a whole lot to do in the first act. Uh, some ensemble work. And they just sort of figured, well, we'll just play through that. Get through the first act. Intermission. Then comes the second act. And by then, maybe she will have made it. She didn't. We got all the way through the first act into the intermission. And they realized, well, <laughs> she's just not going to make it. So the uh, uh, theater manager for the night went out in front of the curtain and said, uh, the orchard is caught up in a snowstorm. Uh, we're hoping that she will make it. We're going to declare a second intermission right now on top of this intermission you just had, and which we, are be giving, we will be giving away free champagne in the lobby. And hopefully by the time we come back, she will have made it. Well, I'm sure a lot of members of the audience went out and drank a lot of champagne, but Orchard did not make that second act. And of course, the second act is big. Uh, uh, big. She has big stuff to do in the second act. So what they did was they had the conductor come up on stage, and he said, okay, she didn't make it, but we're going on anyway. So here's we're going to start in the middle of the second act. And here's what happens until we get to the point where we're going to start. So he told the story of what happens. And then he went back down into the pit and we started in the middle of the second act. And we got to the third act. We got to the intermission after the second act. And she still hadn't made it. So, because she doesn't have a lot to do in the third act, we thought, well, we'll just plow right on through and get this thing done. I mean, everything in the third act relies on Lohengrin. I think Lohengrin, as I recall, has four arias in the third act. And uh, we got to the end, almost to the end of the opera, where the swan appears. <laughs> and this is the only place in the opera where she has anything to say, where she steps out and berates Lohengrin and, and all of that. And here comes the swan, and I'm standing back there waiting for the swan to get there. And here comes Ortrude. <laughs> full costume, full makeup. She walks out, sings, I think I think it's just two lines, or maybe expanded lines, but two lines. And then leaves. And I jump on the swan, and I sing my Nibeschwan, and the opera's over. I never found out. Now, now, don't get me wrong. She was she was a very good friend, and I sang with her a lot. And uh, 
I never found out whether or not she got paid her full fee for that night or whether she uh, graciously gave up her fee for that night. Um, I never did find that out. But I do wonder. But things like this do make me angry. Uh, she should have known better, especially with the forecast and the fact that it had been snowing all morning. She should have known better. She should have started sooner. And she would have made it. If she had started at 8 o'clock in the morning, she would have made it instead of starting at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So that's that makes me angry. And this this Romanian soprano, we don't even have to start there because that's something she did deliberately in the middle of a performance. I've never seen anything like that. And I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure other singers have done it. But I have never seen anything like that. And that makes me angry. And this has been the show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I wanted to give you, if you have comments to make, I hope you do, um, to send them to me, send them to my email, and uh, let me know if you want them put on the, uh, on the podcast, and I will put them on. If you don't, please say that also, and I won't. But the, uh, the email address is heldentenore at att.net. That's heldentenore, H-E-L-D-E-N-T-E-N-O-R-E at att.net. It's, it's kind of a mixture of Heldon and, and, and the Italian tenore because when I tried to use uh, tenor or something like that, they were always taken. When I went to Heldon tenor, that was always taken. But when I kind of put the two together, the tenore, even tenore was taken. When I put tenore and Heldon together, huh, I got through. So it's a little difficult, to, especially for non-musical people, when they, when they ask me for my email address. Uh, they usually have trouble understanding it and I usually have to spell it out for them. So once again, if you have a comment, please send it to me at heldentenori at att.net and let me know whether you want it on the podcast or rather uh, if you would wish that uh, that I just don't and I will honor your wishes of course. So I'm John Sayers and I am the angry tenor. <laughs> Yeah!